Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the In Between podcast. Before we get started, don't forget to like, subscribe, ring the bell, maybe comment if you have something nice, comment to, make, maybe. nice yeah. to say. Yeah. That'd be good. Uh, but we have a very special guest today. Very, very, very special. special. Would you like yeah. to introduce yourself? Special guest, would you like to oh, introduce yeah. yourself today? <laughs> my, my honor, thank you. Yeah, I'm Gary Brugman. And um, I'm from Denver, Colorado, and I am an incredibly great friend for many years with uh, Mr. A.J. Fagan. Yeah, and, that's, that's absolutely true. See? Yeah. Si. yeah. And I, I was going to say, too, Gary, you know, I've spent a lot of time with you over the years uh, just hanging out. Um, most of the time, well, when we started out, I was hanging out because I was uh, in trouble, Right, <laughs> I, I remember that, and yeah. I would end up in your office sometimes uh, because seven times, se- seven times you seven got it. Yeah, <laughs> have yeah, you I got remember. the paperwork there in front of you? <laughs> I do. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know if it was really that many, but it yeah, probably was. It probably was more, that's, honestly. That's, that's God's perfect number, though. Seven, seven is a good number. There we go. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. So at that time, uh, I was in college. And uh, you were the vice president of student life. Am I right? That's great. How how did I remember that? That's great. Amazing. I don't know. Great memory. Yeah. So, memory. Um, yeah. and the vice president of student life, obviously, that meant that you were the guy that um, we're supposed to correct our lives if we got out of line, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I was called the principal, sort of. So <laughs> Sounds like yeah. a fun job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, we had uh, we met in your office for the first time. Anybody who knows uh, Gary, who has ever been in his office uh, or was in his office at that time, he always had a jar of uh, orange slices that were a little bit stale. Right. Intentionally. Yes. Intentionally stale. Yeah. yeah. Because uh, and those are not the orange slices that we're talking about. Like uh, you peel an orange and eat it. We're talking like orange slices, like. The gummy orange slices oh. that you buy at the store. Yeah. You love those, right, Daphne? I hate them. <laughs> they're my, they're my all time favorite. I love them. I'm sorry, yeah. you're wrong. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, I, I, my, my first encounters with you were actually, uh, you were the disciplinarian in my life, uh, and uh, okay. and then you became uh, a friend. Really, I would actually stop by your office sometimes and just hang out and talk. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, So Gary, what, obviously you, you went, you were part of uh, my school background, but what's your background? What's your, what, what is it that you do now? Well, I, I, I started out at, I went, went to Bible college for four years at uh, Bethany Bible college in Santa Cruz and uh, studied, I was a ministerial major, pastoral theology major, uh, Definitely felt called into ministry, and so uh, after the completion of four years, I graduated and went into youth ministry and an associate pastor position and also a principal administrator of a Christian school um, for about three, four years. And um, that was um, and also pastored a couple of churches. And I have to, important for me to say to you uh, that in that experience, what I felt like I had prepared for was not what I actually ended up doing. And it took several years for me to come to a, a, a realization that probably standing behind a pulpit and, and being on a stage 
was not something that I enjoyed doing. I didn't feel comfortable doing that. And so uh, it's a long story, but I ended up even even getting you to come on a podcast and uh, talk in public is not your idea of a fun time, right? No, no, it's not. It's not the most comfortable thing in the world for me to do, but because I, I, I love doing things for people that I love, so that's why I'm doing it. That's the only reason. <laughs> wow. So, <laughs> so, well, thanks. Thanks for uh, yeah. com- coming and doing it with us. Um, You're welcome. You, you then went on at one point you have been on the staff of uh, more than one college. Um, right. Right. And, and, right. and then later in life now have, <clears throat> have gotten a counseling degree and what's your specialty uh, in counseling now? My specialty is uh, working with crisis marriages, crisis marriage counseling. Uh, I had the privilege of working at the National Institute of Marriage, uh, which is Gary Smalley Institute. Many people are familiar with Gary Smalley and, and, his relationship series and an excellent book writer and speaker. But um, yeah, so I worked there for three and a half years and that's where I developed a love and a real passion for marriages that were in crisis. And I, and let me say, if I can say this just very quickly. Sure. Um, I grew up in a home, uh, I know I was 18 that I was adopted and uh, grew up in a home uh, where my adoptive mother uh, was married six times. Wow, and um, and there was a lot of uh, negativity and a lot of crisis in my own home, having grown up in in that kind of a home, a lot of abuse and that kind of thing. So, um, I I think that had I think that plays a small part, somewhat of a maybe a, maybe a larger part in uh, having compassion and and uh, deeply caring about people that are in troubled marriages. Sure, having, and, having and- seen my mom. Do you, do you think that that also played a role in the way that you, uh, that you, I mean, you, you dealt with students with, when I was there, um, you think that's played a role kind of in your life, um, that you've just worked to help people obviously because also of the way yeah. that, that, that God has helped you. Yeah. yeah. I, I always wanted to become someone, um, in someone else's life that I never had the experience, never had the opportunity to experience in my own if that makes any sense. Sure. So I think um, that's why I'm, I can happily say that I've been married almost 57 years uh, to the same wife. I did the same woman. And um, I think I was, I was committed in going into a marriage relationship that, that, um, that one, one would be enough. I wouldn't have to go into five or six, you know, trying to find happiness in those, in those relationships. Do you have kids? Yeah, I have two boys, two sons. Grandkids? Uh, I have seven grandkids and just recently uh, was blessed with a great-grandson. You, you've just blown Daphne's mind by, by saying that. Why, why do you have that look on your face there, Daphne? That's a lot of children. <laughs> <laughs> and like, they're, a lot of- they're not all your children, obviously, but like... Still, that's a lot of children. They're directly correlated to him, though. Exactly. That's the thing. That's a lot of children. Yeah. <laughs> Daphne, uh, she always finds that fascinating, you know, since she's an only child, you know, when people have sure. have multiples going on in life, it's like, wow, that's well, a lot. Of- and I just realized I have one cousin, and I won't ever be an aunt at all. I won't have any nieces or nephews. Right. Because I don't have siblings. 
Mind blown, right? Which makes me kind of sad because I wanted to be the cool aunt, you know? Right, because you got the you got. The I cool have aunt. the cool aunt. <laughs> you, you you probably feel a little uh, responsible in that there weren't a brother and a sister and oh. three or four brothers and sisters. Or yeah, 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 yeah. There's a little <laughs> feel a little responsible in that. Why is that a bad thing? <laughs> no, not necessarily. No, not at all. I'm sorry. I'm I lost. Didn't mean to speak for you, AJ. Confused. <laughs> Hey, yeah, we're we're here to talk about you. Sorry, uh, apologies. <laughs> My bad. Um, I think your audience, I think your audience would be probably pretty excited for me to talk a little bit about you. Oh, they probably would. <laughs> what what would you? Oh, what would you? What, what would you tell them about uh, about me or about Daphne? About me, or even even Amy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I I uh, I it was, it was it was exciting the way that we we met and. And uh, I think that we established, as you have already said, uh, a very significant relationship back in, in college. And and uh, you know, I I, um, I I like I like to think of myself as as a as a consistent friend. And um, yeah, it, it, going back to what I said earlier about wanting to be everything that I that I never thought that I never experienced. You know, my own personal life, I wanted to be that that person of whom sure. I didn't feel I had the, the privilege or opportunity to be able to meet and to spend time with and have speak into my life. Sure. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, your, uh, your background and you, you gave us just a little bit of your childhood there. I, I always find that fascinating when people talk about that and then they have uh, like contributing stable kids. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? Because, you yourself sure. had this really unstable upbringing and background and changing of the fathers and, uh, or if you even would want to use that term, like I know that that might even be a, a difficult thing to say, Oh, he was even a stepdad. Like you never considered that guy that, um, so, so how do you get from that to having father son relationships like you have with the, with the, with your kids that you have today? Yeah, great question. Um, you know, one of the one of the things that I that I always was determined uh, was that when I when I did have children, uh, that I <clears throat> that I I think that I would would try to be the father or have the kind of a relationship uh, with my children. Um, and by the way, I, I have to insert this because this is really important. That when my wife first got pregnant, I prayed literally prayed that, that God would give us girls because, because I, I felt like that I, I had no father image in my life. I had no adult male in my life that, uh, that I felt loved by or supported by or encouraged by. And I, I never was taught anything by a male adult. Um, I was always around kind of women. <laughs> Not that that's bad. But I, I just didn't know what it was to be influenced by a, by a dad. And so I actually prayed. I told my wife, I said, I'm praying that we have all girls because I have no clue how to be a dad to, to boys or wow. to a boy. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, God and his, uh, 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 what would you call it? His interesting sovereignty. sense of humor. Yeah. His great, <laughs> yeah, his sovereignty, his great sense of humor. You know, he gave his gave us two sons. Yeah. Um, and, um, 
and 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 the one thing the one thing that I the one quality that I think that God gave to me in my heart when he changed my heart um, and took the hardness and the bitterness out of my life and he changed and brought joy and 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 uh, brought happiness to me uh, the one thing that I that I really was confident of is that I that I had a, I had an ability um, and, a, and a strong desire to be able to love to love hard and to love deep and that's the one thing that if you were to ask my boys that's the one thing that they would that they would tell you um, is that uh, our dad loved us. Um, I didn't teach them how to change the oil in their car. Nobody taught me how to, so sure. why should I teach them? You know, uh, <laughs> and and so there's a lot of things that you know we we didn't do as as a lot of fathers and sons typically do. Sure, you know, and I I, I think that was kind of I felt like it was kind of an indictment when I had my own boys at first and. Um, yeah, so I, you know, we, I've got the, just the greatest sons in the world. They're both, they're both in full-time ministry and, um, yeah, I don't know if that answered your question or not, but that. Sure it did. Yeah. That's yeah. great stuff. Um, with your counseling experience and sitting down with, um, with usually troubled marriages, right? But with your yeah, counseling experiences, yeah. you you haven't only seen troubled ones. You've had re- you've seen really successful ones, or ones that have actually turned things around, and ones that have uh, again incredible contributing kids. What do you think that the 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 um, constant or the 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 standout principles from those families are um, in raising balanced kids? You mean once they've once they've gone into a once they've counseling got, relationship. Well, once they once, once they once they have things things uh, together, <clears throat> and it, and I guess it's probably not even just the ones that have you know worked out issues. It you've dealt with with healthy marriages too. Um, what are the yeah. what are those yeah. most most couples don't end up coming into counseling uh, marriage counseling like for I mean there's enrichment seminars that, that married couples can go to just because they want to enrich in their marriage or strengthen their marriage. The couples that I deal with almost 99.5% are, are couples that, um, that, that are really deeply concerned about continuing on in a relationship. Yeah. Um, and there's, they, it's sort of like they, they call it their kind of the end of the rope. This is kind of a last stitch effort. And it's so interesting because they come in and tell me it's sort of a last stitch effort. And, and if, if what I what I what I counsel with them about if that doesn't work, uh, then their marriage is over. With. And I always love telling them thanks for the pressure. <laughs> yeah, you know, absolutely. Like, you know, like yeah, yeah. No, no pressure on this end. So, but no, I, I it's 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 a uh, you know there's tools and there's resources that that I'm able to share with people. You know, like effective communication, conflict resolution, and and most couples. A lot of marriage couple, married couples do not have that foundation. They don't have that, that. They don't know what those resources are, or what those tools actually look like, or feel like if they're going to use them. And so I have I have that opportunity to be able to put those tools in their hands and give them resources. And and um, we've seen some some just tremendous outcomes as a result of just. I tell people all the time, you can't be responsible for something that you don't know how to do. Sure. If you've never been shown how to do something, you can't be responsible for that. And they, they're beating themselves up because 
um, their marriages are, are bad because they're doing something wrong. How, how do you see the the marriage relationships that are that are having problems? How do you see that affecting the kids? Oh, majorly, majorly, yeah, yeah, majorly. Um, um, and, and it's interesting because a lot of the, the couples that I do marriage counseling with, I work, I'm staff counselor at, at, at our church here in Denver and work with a lot of young staff. And um, I would say that probably 60 to seven, 60 to 65, maybe 70% of the staff that I've counseled with, many of them have come from broken marriages. Mm. So when you do see problems with the kids in, in a relationship, what kind of effects is that having on children whenever the, whenever parents are having problems? How is it actually being demonstrated? Oh, certainly behaviorally, it's, it, it's played out behaviorally in a lot of their, in a lot of their lives. There's, you know, there's uh, rebellion, there's, you know, uh, being disrespectful to their parents um, because that's, what's been modeled for them. They see disrespect between mom and dad. Daphne, you see uh, issues of disrespect <laughs> playing out at school all the time. Am I correct? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, how much of that do you think is because of uh, what's been modeled to them, or how much of that do you think is being is is there because they've got bad situations at home as well? All of it, I would say, like. 90% of kids that have behavioral issues are probably because of parent situations or yeah. what they grow yeah. up in. And do, do, do kids who do have those issues, do you ever hear them talk about it or are they just angry? No, they're just angry. Why yeah. would you want to talk about that? Yeah. Cause they don't, well, I know for like, even personally, I don't want like a fix to it. I just want to be mad. Like, let me be mad in a corner. So yeah, I've heard you say that before. Yeah. It's like, it's like, I, I, yeah, I don't really want a solution. <laughs> just like, just let me be angry at whatever, ang- whatever I'm angry at. Yeah. So there's a lot of. Would you agree with this, uh, Daphne? That there's a, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of fear. Yes. Um, around that, um, there's a lot of insecurity that results in, in parents that are not getting along at home and and are actually not afraid to let their kids see that. I, one of my all-time favorite questions that I ask every couple that I've ever done counseling with, and I've, I've, I've probably counseled with hundreds of couples, and I love asking them the question, you know, would you, would you want your kids to grow up and have a marriage just like yours? Mm-hmm. And I've never had one couple that says yes. Because wow. if they said yes, they wouldn't probably be there. Wow. Yeah. And also, if I can say this one other thing, that a lot of couples, they come in and, um, you know, basically they want they want to be able to uh, know how to communicate when their kids leave, leave home. Yeah. Because all the communication has been around the kids. You know, it's, it's, it's been oh. about, in most cases, it's been about, you know, what, what, we can be responsible parents and adults by being parents and, you know, and by providing doing, instruction. Yeah. 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 And, and, uh, and there's a, there's a, I, I, that's when I, I, there's just an increase in, in couples that come in to see me when their kids leave home because they don't know how to talk to each other. 
And, and what's, the, what's the advice that you give them? Um, well, I, I, I go back to something that I said earlier. I always let them know that, that uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take the onus of responsibility in some ways off of you because I don't think you've ever been told or shown sure. what you need to do to be, a, to be an effective communicator. What is there anything? Is there anything that you would say to kids that because there are some kids there? There are actually a majority now of this podcast is under twenty five. Um, okay, looked at the listening audience, and yeah. what would you tell them about parenting? You mean when they leave home and become parents? No, well, uh, about their parents. Well, about their parents. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Uh, you may lose lose a large percentage of your audience when I, when I get done. That's all right. That's all right. No, no, no. I think one of the first things I want to tell them is, is that one day, uh, when they become parents, will probably be the first time in their life that they have an appreciation and an understanding around how difficult parenting really is. And a lot of a lot of parenting, the way that we parent, has a great deal to do with the way that we grew up as kids, you know, and I, I, I would probably want them to try to understand, understand maybe that their parents had rough background. They had, they might've had abusive parents, like, like I had abusive stepdads. And, 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 and so that, that can play into why maybe a parent has a difficult time, you know, for example, um, they may, they may, I, I can't tell you the number of, number of kids that, that, that basically say my, I've never heard my, I never heard my mom and dad um, say they loved each other, you know, and I've never, I've never heard my, my dad say to me that he loved me. Um, and, and, and again, reminding them that, that they probably didn't have anybody that, that displayed that affection or that, that type of love to them. Sure. As their parents. Sure. So I, I think, um, I think if there was more history and more, more things about about our parents that we could find out about, uh, we might have a little bit more sympathy and understanding and compassion for the fact that they're probably trying the hardest that they know how to, and and only and are only capable of doing what they've been what they've been taught, what they've been shown, what they've been what they've experienced themselves. You said that you had been married how many years? 56. 56. I oh, thought you said, I was close. I thought I you said, said 57, 57, so. I uh, thought 57. Oh, maybe well, you did. Be, actually, it'll be 57 in August. Okay. I always, when I get close to August, I always jump. You start rounding up. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 birth, it's, closer to, it's closer to 57 yeah. than it is 56, right? Yeah. Let's, let's face yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so 56 years. Uh, what is the secret to Eunice sticking with you? <laughs> well, wow. since you know so much about me, I'm, I'm sure you're quite surprised she's lasted as long as she has. <laughs> it goes both ways. Uh, That's a joke. You know, I think I think you know one of the things that that I ask again couples all the time is because it's so key for us in our marriage relationship. And to answer your question, um, you know, we established before we got married that that the foundation of our marriage would always be. And there were three things that, that are foundational for our marriage that we still do this day live by. And, and it's love, faith, and commitment. And, um, 
you know, that we've made, we've both remained faithful and we both remained obviously very committed and, um, find it kind of interesting. You can love someone and you can, um, you, you, you can be try to be, you can be faithful to that person, but unless you're committed to that, to, to both of those, it's not going to work. Commitment is critical yeah. to, to, to remain consistent with when you don't feel like being lovable, you don't feel like exercising a mental with a face in the other person. Then that's, that's when you want to be the most inclined to do that because I were committed to one another. And, you know, and I'm, I'm not going to say that 56 years of marriage has always been totally wonderful, but, but, uh, we have never, we have never straight, you know, from that foundation that we established when we first got married. I don't know if that answered your question or not. Do you think that, um, that quote unquote love, do you think that that has, I mean, that's defined a lot of different ways in society. It's actually one of the things that Daphne and I are going to podcast about here in the future is kind of how we define love. Yeah. And, uh, and do you think though that you have seen in your own relationship that that, that has changed even maybe your understanding or your definition of love? Uh, oh, yeah. has evolved yeah. over 57 years? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. In my immaturity of my first year, first several years of marriage, there were, uh, and because and a lot of it had to do with my wife came from a totally different background than I did. She grew up in a pastor's home. You know, I grew up in a, a, a very broken home, you know, and um, quite honestly, that became very complimentary. A lot of people would say, well, that probably won't work. You know, but it became very complimentary, and she had a sensitivity towards my background. I, I had a, I had a sensitivity towards her, hers. You know, and one of, the, if, I don't want to forget saying this because, because one of the questions that I was asked when I, when I was on a panel, uh, at our church on Father's Day, and uh, I can't remember the exact question, but I ended up saying that, that one of the greatest compliments my, my boys. Uh, have paid to me every year, every year. They're, they're one's 52 and one's 50 years old. And every Father's Day, I get, I get a card from them. And on the, in that card, they always talk to me about how great of a father they think that I am and how much they appreciate me. But the one thing that, that is so honoring to me is they say, but dad, thank you most of all for the way that you've loved our mom, for the way that you've taken care of our mom. And that's the greatest gift I think that we can give to our, to our children. Well, thank you everybody for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, please check out our blogs. That would be great at inbetweenpodcast.com. I'm attempting to get some content together. You're working on it now, especially since we're uh, out of school I'm out of school again. now, and so I actually have time to live my life. Excellent. Which is weird. But yeah, hopefully new content soon. Yep. And we want to say thank you so much to Gary Bergman for uh, joining us. And uh, there'll be a link below, but Gary's got a book. He does. On Habits of Marriage that uh, will uh, really help your relationship if if you are in a marriage relationship. If you're about to be in a marriage relationship. And um, we would uh, love to get you connected to that. And you can always see more of our content at inbetweenpodcast.com. See. Thanks a lot. Have a good day. Bye.